Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. We're here to review the 1-0 loss to Spurs overnight. Fulham uh, remaining seventh in the table, missing out on the chance to jump up to fifth. Here we are with uh, Sammy. Thanks for getting back to us, Sammy. We've missed you the last couple of pods. I missed the last couple of pods and I missed Cottage Talk and we're 1-0 down. So this is my redemption time. Hello, people. And Elton, how are we? I'm fine. Thank you very much. I've got a simpler intro. Just good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Well, like, let's get straight into it. Obviously, um, we we quite enjoyed our time on Cottage Talk. Thanks to Russ Goldman for having us on. Uh, it was good to preview this game. We we obviously didn't do our own podcast this week due to reasons. Um, but <laughs> well, you can't reasons? say that. You got to be more explicit. Okay. Due to reasons, but the fact that I had a little girl on. Well, I didn't. There well, you I had go. A little girl Yay. On Yay. So, um, yeah, so we we've need- been surprising. Well, not surprising. Unsurprisingly, very busy and tied up. But um, we're managing to find time on a lovely Tuesday afternoon to talk about the game. Um, so, Sammy, obviously you weren't able to join us. What were your thoughts beforehand on how Fulham would go against Spurs? Oh, I was so annoyed when you guys were on Cottage Talk because I really wanted to discuss this because I I actually hate Spurs fans more than anything. Like, because uh, I'm actually quite indifferent to the Spurs team. I actually think they've got, like, a lot of quality going on and, like, who, like, who can really hate Son? And I don't have beef with Sess or even, like, Harry Kane. But, like, I really liked the um, internal narrative of... Larice, the failing captain who essentially hasn't got like his boys behind him because he's stoic and stoic is great if you're leading by example. But if you're not, then you're just quiet and it pisses people off. So I was really, really interested to see how this game actually panned out. I was really, I was excited for it. I think, I mean, in hindsight, I would have said, um, one all or maybe one nil in our favor. So it was always going to be tight, but um, yeah, I yeah, we'll get into it more. We'll get into it more. Well, let's get straight into the game. Um, Dad, your thoughts on the opening minutes? I thought Fulham pressed really, really well, and I mean, definitely looked the best team for the first half of the first half, at least. But your your thoughts on how we opened? Yeah, I totally agree. Um. I thought it was a very smart first half. I thought it was really high energy, but a clever use of that energy. And um, the, the commentary team did did actually mention what they were observing, which is obviously a little bit difficult to see if you're only getting a small um, <clears throat> view of the game through the, the, the TV camera. But we cleverly refused to chase hard up high and saved all of our energy for the middle of the pitch. And it worked really, really well because they were getting caught with the ball in the middle of the park mm. and they were not, uh, Tottenham were not given the space to develop anything. And I thought we were completely on top and in charge for the first 20, maybe 25 minutes. Um Unfortunate that we we actually didn't turn that into any goals, but not that surprised because the Spurs weren't exactly rolling over. It was just a really physical, 
very, very tight encounter. And it was actually pretty, pretty great viewing, actually. Um, mm. It was, I thought, you know, Sam made the comment, Sam had it on in the car driving to work. So he's listening to the TV commentary, which is actually pretty difficult because they're not exactly describing every moment of the game. And I think he came away with a slightly different view of what was happening in the first half. I thought we were competitive. I thought we really scrapped hard. We hit them very hard. And unfortunately, probably probably consumed quite a lot of energy, which I think was telling in the second half. No, I, I was just going to say, Sammy, I, I think it, obviously you haven't had a chance to fully rewatch the game yet, but you in previous weeks have spoken about wanting us to go in really hard and mm. this was that time. Um the the tackles that were flying in from pretty much everyone. Polini obviously got a yellow card very early on in the game, but it didn't stop him even throughout the rest of the game from going in hard on a few tackles where I thought, geez, a different referee could easily give you a second yellow for some of those. Oh. Um uh, but it was good to see, like, you know, I think it was the the type of game where you need people to be flying into tackles and to really um you know, put your mark on the game. I think we saw that when we played Chelsea. We saw it against Tottenham now. We saw it against Newcastle. Fulham, well, Sammy, in your, in your opinion at least, do you think Fulham have become a more physical team and that's part of the reason for our success recently? Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, literally just with the introduction of Polina, it just complete and, – and Tete as well, like those two working in tandem with each other, it's just nice to actually have um, a couple of like key enforcers spread across the park because like Mitrovic has always kind of been that when he can when he's allowed to be um I think I think you're I think you guys are totally right like they came out flying although it did kind of remind me of it you know what it felt like it felt like a really good year 10 team versus a pretty good year 12 team because I felt that we were really hammering it and we were like full on like pedal to the metal really really like going and like you it was clear that there was a lot of desire going on i need to talk about the commentary because literally in hindsight it's like two other worlds and i know that jack has like a retort for this but let me just say my piece first martin tyler was severely underselling this game because i had it on in the car because that's how like i because i can't watch the game and drive at the same time so i was getting the most lukewarm version of this really quite exciting game that was going on. I think Martin Tyler only mentioned like two saves. And I swear to God, we did like at least five shots in like the first 20 minutes. Like I felt that, that we were really, really hammering at home and really like trying. I've only noticed that just from watching like the highlights. So yeah, say your piece because I know you have a retort for this, but yeah, I, I it's, it's like, it was like night and day for me, like experiencing this. Well, it's, it's an interesting one. Obviously on the TV, it's a very different experience. And I said to you as well, you should in the car in future, it's probably worth tuning into gentleman Jim and listening because you'll get a much better audio description of the match. I know Fulham mm. actually have an audio, mm. an audio descriptive commentator. Now I see him tweeting quite a lot. Um, and he basically does a commentary for blind people, which is really cool. That's, um, that's sick. But but what I was going to say is, Sam, you are the WWE generation and you want someone like a Peter Drury who people talk about all the time, who waxes lyrical and gives you all these amazing, oh yeah, amazing, um, you know, I can't even think of the words. That's how I'm more Martin Tyler, you're more Peter Drury. Um, but 
I, I, you know, I think Martin Tyler lets the game be played and, you know, allows the commentary to just sit in the background and, and lets you enjoy the action. I, I quite like Which, it. I know he doesn't get as excited for goals as some commentators do, but I quite like someone who just sits back and lets you just enjoy the game and just chips in now and then with little bits rather than someone who tries to dominate with their commentary, especially as most of the time they dominate by talking about the other team. I do respect that. Um, uh, the problem is there was a lot of waffle in between a really interesting match. So like he was, he was, he was waffling on about like essentially like the subtext of the game more than actually talking about a very exciting game that was happening. Like I, I, I... it's good. It's pretty common though for football commentary, isn't it? Really, you know, if you if you watch if you watch AFL, you know, it's very much mm. a narration of the action, and um. Yeah, but also, and, and if you listen to uh, r- radio coverage of cricket, they are painting a picture and describing yeah. exactly what's happening, and you could yeah. close your eyes and you're there. And that's it's never the case for football commentary. And you know, I mean, Martin Tyler versus Gentleman mm-hmm. Jim, you couldn't you couldn't actually describe two absolutely. More but polar for an opposites. exciting game, I feel like it warrants <laughs> a Jim Ross. By God, it warrants <laughs> some of that going on, you know. And I felt like I didn't get that, you know. And 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 I to be fair, I don't think um, this is not a criticism. This shouldn't be a criticism of them underselling Fulham. I think he was just undercooking the commentary and letting the, which you know, TV is a visual experience. After all, you happen to be having the non-visual uh, TV mm. experience while driving yeah, a car. Totally. No, I get all that, but I I, <laughs> I just I just found it very interesting and kind of just a bit frustrating because I feel like I didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't get it for a while, and that annoyed me. Anyway, can, can I just say? Um, can I just say on that opening and that in you know talking about the intensity of the opening? And if you caught the brief pre-match interview that Silver gave, he he actually did mention um, the physicality of Tottenham. So they mm. were obviously preparing for that, and he described them as a pretty tough team and a very physical team. And I, I thought it was very clear that we were yeah. out to match that. And it, it was not only, I think you're right, Jack, in, in responding to what you, the question you asked Sam about whether he thought we'd become a more physical team. There's no doubt that Polini is leading the charge on that, but mm. it was not only him. Mitro, Mitro was absolutely mixing it up and uh, Harrison Reed was in there as well. And there were a lot of players, not wildly throwing themselves around, but geez, Tottenham mm. had no time on the ball, and they mm, knew yeah. they knew we were there as well with a team like Tottenham because they they cop a lot for being like one of like the lesser top five teams. But tonight, I really was humbled and remembered that the fact that they are a top five team and they do have world class players, mm. and I thought we put a really really good effort in. But yeah. The, yeah, there's only really so much you can do sometimes. That's why I drew the comparison between like a a good year 12 team versus a really good year 10 team because I don't think we embarrassed ourselves, but yeah. Well, look, let's let's sort of recap the first half because obviously that's where we we did our best work. There are a couple of half chances. I'll just rattle through them. Um, Deckard over Reed after about 10 minutes with a long shot, which Larice saved fairly comfortably, but good to see us actually putting Larice under pressure. Um Pereira crossing to Harrison Reed in the middle after about 18 minutes. Harrison Reed got a good shot off, but unfortunately straight at Lloris, who made again quite a good save. 
um, either side of Lloris there. I think we score a goal. Uh, there's a deep header from Mitro. I think he was offside at the time. Uh, Willian put in a shot from the left on a little counter-attack as well. Um, that was brought about by a really good tackle from Polina in the middle again. Really good pressure on those midfielders, winning the ball back. Um, tough angle for Willian to shoot from, but he put in a good effort. And Polina headed over from fairly close range as well from a free kick. Um, looked like he got a fraction of a shove there. Um, but, you know, that's there's quite a lot of good chances there and good opportunities. Dad, should we have actually converted one of those and made the pressure count? Well, uh, of course. But I, I don't think they were amazing chances. I thought there were, yeah, there were, there were numerous chances and that was reflective of not our ascendancy but how much we were in the game. And, look, I, I have to say, and I don't want to dump on our players here because I love everything that's happening at Fulham, but I felt that not only in the first half but more telling in the second half, I thought some of our crossing into the box, particularly from Kenny Tete, was pretty lukewarm, very loopy, not very, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of danger behind some of those balls in. And that perhaps is the difference between the two sides. Possibly. I, I you know, I rate Kenny Tete's crossing. I think he's one of the better crosses of the ball if you take out blokes like Alexander-Arnold. Um, he's probably got some of the best delivery. Maybe it wasn't quite on point tonight. But I, I think he creates a lot of chances for us. Yeah, he does. He gets the ball in, but and and again, I don't I don't want to be having a winch here because I love what he does. But I would rate Bobby Decadover Reed and Willian and Robinson as better crosses of the ball. Pereira, next mm. level. I thought he had a blinder. Thought he's. I thought he's. He's. Uh, both his set pieces and his crossing of the ball in open play was really good tonight, as it was mm. uh, against Newcastle. Re- really, really good. But I, but I, but I think everyone else is a long way yeah. off him. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sammy, your thoughts on the half chances in the first half? Um. Yeah, I don't want to say that we did. Ugh, it's hard, isn't it? Because on the one hand, I did think that Lloris was um, ripe for the taking. And um, you could have, you you can definitely make the argument that like we shouldn't have been as straight at him as physically possible. But when you are playing against a team like that, you do drastically reduce the quality of chances that you're actually going to create. So, I mean, the fact that we were actually able to create chances at all against a side like Tottenham, um, that's genuinely something because I don't think their defense is terrible as much as Tottenham fans would probably disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like again, I'm not I'm not upset with the boys. If anything, blasphemous as it is, I would probably say that maybe Mitrovic might have fluffed his chances um, the most out of anyone. But that's not. I don't necessarily think that's like. Uh, a bashing of Mitrovic because like sometimes like players just have bad games 
yeah, it's 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 hard to just it's hard to just be in that position and fully like critique it because like one you at least have to find yourself in space and actually have time and those top five teams they're just not going to give you the time to be able to like do things properly like a good a good example was um Harrison Reed's attempt now he had just got into the box and he basically just didn't have that much time to think about it. It was a purely re- reactionary shot. And I feel like most of our shots were very reactionary. It wasn't like well thought out. It wasn't set pieces that we've kind of like come to be used to, or it wasn't Mitrovic actually being in a perfect position or even Vinicius for that matter. Um, yeah. I felt that like, I don't want to say we minced our chances. I just feel that like, there was a level of quality missing there because I feel that outside of maybe Mitrovic, I think we only have like one elite level finisher in the squad. So yeah, I think that you're always just going to stuff her against like the bigger teams when you have situations like that. I, th- I think that's a bit harsh on Mitrovic. I thought his the service to Mitro wasn't, of uh, our normal yeah, standard. Yeah, I think last, that no, it's a combination night. of both things. And again, I don't want this to come out like I like I'm I'm bashing him at all because again, I think this was a very hard fought game. It was a very physical game, and I think it actually took a lot for our guys to go like the full ninety minutes. I mean, like for Christ's sake, it was if we really break it down here, it's basically a nil all with a very smart goal from Harry Kane that very few players can actually do. Um, so like how sure. much can we really sure. criticize what's going on here, especially from like a finishing point of view? I don't really think we can I don't really think we can bag out our boys too much. I'm really I, proud of them. I don't think it was asking for criticism. It was more just saying, you know, we we did actually create chances. Um if we want to be part of the top six, do we need to be taking some of those? And mm-hmm. and the answer is yes, because like you said, um Mitro's are only totally. Re- I mean, I, I think that's unfair as well against people like Willian and Pereira, who have scored some great goals this season. I think they're good finishers too, uh, and Bobby Decadover Reed as well has scored some great goals. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like- I think if we want to be part of the conversation and going into sort of European positions, we do need to take those chances because you don't win games. And we talked about it in Cottage Talk. The only way we're going to win this game is by scoring goals and keeping a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know, I back us to uh, outscore Nottingham Forest and, you know, score three goals and potentially concede two like we have a couple of times this year um, against those lesser teams because you can concede goals and still outscore them. But against these teams, like we said, like we saw, um, it takes one moment of brilliance. And let's let's talk about that moment as well from Harry Kane. Sam, your thoughts on Kane's goal, how well taken was it? And should Tim Ream have done better? And Leno as well, I guess. I think Polina as well, because he was also there. I'm not completely um leaving him out of the mix here. Um it's it's a very intelligent goal. Um I feel that you know how like when you watch like a player like Messi. Um, they're just kind of like able to like slow down time a little bit in their brains. I feel that Harry Kane definitely does have that because his his ability to kind of like see that that would be a potential option from where he is. Yeah, um, Reem was a bit slow to like chase him down, but I, I kind of lean more on the side of Harry Kane 
did a very, very good goal to the point where like Leno just thought it was going out. So he didn't really go for it too much. Sometimes you just got to concede. <laughs> yeah. Dad, your thoughts? Look, um, <sighs> Harry Kane, that's meat and drink to Harry Kane. Um, you know, he's very, very good at that. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a striker's goal, you know, receive the ball, turn, find space, put it, curl it into the corner. And obviously it, it looks really simple when you watch it in slow motion and Tim Ream looks like he's late on it, looks like he doesn't read the situation that well. Um, I have to say Harry Kane's got fresher legs than all of our players at this point because he's touched the mm. ball about three times up to that point and everyone else is exhausted. Um, but it just looked like a moment where Tim Ream gave him just enough space for him to have maybe one second more than he should have had, and that's enough. Um, yeah, Polina is standing back. If Polina takes two steps forward there, he blocks he blocks the, the shot, which, of course, could cause a deflection and make make Leno look even more stupid. And and in, in response to could Leno have done better, Polina actually mm, blocks yeah. the view of Leno. It happens to be the position he's standing in. And if you look at the replay, Polina is actually – he predicts the shot because yeah. he's got his I, hands I, behind I his back. I actually think Polina is right? probably the most at fault here. If I'm really gonna be like, it's it's you. Well, well, Tim Bream's closer to him, and he was kind mm. of in the zone of marking him. You could argue that Polina at both Tim Ream and Polina he's, could have tried. He's to Tim Ream's man there. I don't think you can blame Polina. Polina would have to step out of position no, and you know effectively go against. The, the tactics by stepping away and taking on the striker. I mean, he's Harry Kane's a centre forward. Polina's a midfielder. He shouldn't be marking him in the first place. If anything, it should be Diop there actually closing down with Ream rather than Polina. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a moment, and again, it's a moment which is easy to analyse and be critical of that we could have done better, but that's yeah. what great strikers do. They... They they stand off the player, and, and I think one of the commentators, could have been Martin Tyler, mentioned it. He's very clever at positioning himself, as the play builds up, positioning mm-hmm. himself between two players. And then he just spots the opportunity. He'll point his hand probably to where he wants it, and he steps into it, and then mm-hmm. he makes you look yeah. stupid. And, but that's more a credit to him than a real massive criticism yeah, of our defence. Yeah. So, look, guys, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk through the second half. Right, so let's cover the second half of this game. Um, For me, the, the first half was... You know, very high tempo, a lot of pressing, a lot of chances. Um, well, more chances Fulham's way, not so much um, Tottenham's way. Second half felt uh, a bit like we were chasing the game and Tottenham were good enough to hold the ball and sort of keep us at an arm's length. Sam, your your thoughts on the second half as a whole to sort of summarise it? I think that's a very good description. I do think it felt like a 
yeah, it felt like um, it was Tottenham to Tottenham to lose. I think actually Cottage Talk, uh, because I listen to Cottage Talk now, um, uh, I think Cottage Talk actually made a really, really good point. They actually said if you gave us an extra 20 minutes, uh, extra time, it prob- we probably weren't going to score. It really just felt like that. It felt that like at no point do I think any of the guys were slacking, but I... It, it, they were just better. They're just better. And I, I don't think it was bad football. I don't think um, they they just have that extra bit of quality eliteness, if you will. And they were just kind of able to essentially just go through the motions. And we would, we would try our absolute best. But yeah, it, at, at no point did it really feel like we properly got back in it despite a lack of trying it's not the funnest game to revisit i'm gonna be it's like it's just it's just like what do you say they were better it's what we do sammy it's what we do 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 you think um there was an element of fatigue there where we pressed so hard in the first half and then a bit of a gut punch just conceding just before half time do you think that we'd lost a bit of wind in our wind in our sails and the legs just started to get a bit tired in that second half Undoubtedly, uh, I actually thought that given the, the the level of energy expended, I thought I was quite impressed at how they came out in the second half mm. and uh, tried to do the same again. Yeah, but w- without any shadow of a doubt, the scoreboard one nil down at half time was a bit of a gut punch, mm. and it it does change the dynamic of the game. Tottenham, um, I think came out with a very different mindset. And, you know, it's not as if we were three goals down and chasing the game, but one nil down in a tight game, you are chasing the game. Mm. And um, I, I think we we tried to um, we tried to bring the same level of intensity for the first 10 minutes in the second half, and I felt like we ran out of steam. Yeah. And, um, and then... Their quality definitely came to the fore. So we had tired legs, their quality coming in, a combination of a different mindset where they had a lead to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the dynamic changed. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just a confluence of all of those things rather than us really doing things wrong. And there was a moment, there was a moment where the cameras through to, or the director, through to um, Silver in the technical area, and he was really scratching his head because he knew Mm. he had to do something, and he was trying to work out how he could change the game, how he could could actually make a substitution to change the game. And uh, I'm sure we'll come on to that, but you you could see the cogs turning because it wasn't working. Yeah, well, let's... Just sort of summarise the the second half and go through the chances, and then I will get on to the subs because I think that's something worth talking about. Um, 56th minute, Leno makes a superb close-range save from Harry Kane. Uh, the ball got crossed in. can't remember who it was who headed the ball back across goal. It could have been Kulisevsky. Um, and Kane from, oh, it must be three yards out, heads it at goal, and nine times out of ten you'd expect him to score from there. And Leno sticks the palm up. Huge save from Leno. 2-0 down there. The game's completely done and dusted, you would have thought. Um, so that game definitely kept us in it. 
Uh, Kenny came on around the 68th minute, I think it was. He puts in a cross late for Mitro, who heads over. Um, again, like you said, Sammy, Mitro wasn't quite on today, and I think part of that was the service. It wasn't the greatest cross, but, uh, you know, you'd hope Mitro does put the ball on target there. Um, Harry Kane shoots wide after about 78 minutes. Ball got um, played into him. He's about eight yards out, and you'd, again, expect Harry Kane to score from there, but he put the ball wide. Um, and then the last real chance of the game, uh, which was great to see Solomon again come off the bench, although I would have liked to see him come on a little bit earlier. Um, Vinicius, who also came on uh, and looked quite lively as well and quite good with the ball. Mm. Uh, ball got played into him with his back to goal. He laid it off to Tom Kearney, who passed the ball out wide to Solomon, who just cut inside, little shimmy to his right, and uh, actually attempted to curl the ball into the far corner, which... I really liked, I don't know what you guys thought there, but I know the ball was quite obviously going wide, but the fact that we have someone like that on the bench who comes on and is not afraid to just take a shot, we've called out for it a few times this season where we we don't seem to just put the ball on goal that often. And it was really nice to see someone coming off the bench who's there to impact the game coming on and actually taking a shot. Um, but let's talk about the subs because this is something that was definitely mentioned quite a lot on Twitter toward, after the game and, and during the game as well, um, and something that I've thought about while I was watching. Dad, I'll throw to you first. Um, we, we brought on Tom Kearney in the 68th minute, and then in the 80th minute we brought on Vinicius, uh, Solomon, and Wilson. Do you think it was too late those subs do you think at one nil down we should be making subs a lot earlier yeah i do i do that was a bit of a weird one actually because mitro was actually injured mm. and he got really quite a nasty ankle injury yeah i thought he was coming off at that point yeah yeah i think everyone thought he was coming off, and i and i suspected that silver thought he was going to have to take him off um but then mitro comes off and goes back on again and I, I almost thought there was a bit of a mix-up there because I wasn't expecting Mitro and Vinicius to be part of um, the attack, but I suppose absolutely chasing the game at that point, why not? Mm. Yeah, I, I thought there was potentially a moment of indecision there from Silva that he should have made a bigger change earlier. You're already 1-0 down. Mm. It's, you're playing the team above you. You've got nothing to lose. You know, yeah. uh, surely you go... Go after them a bit earlier and give your players more time. I didn't mind Kearney coming on. Who else could he come on for but Harrison Reed? Mm-hmm. Um who I thought was great actually in the first half as well, and he's gone unmentioned. Yeah. If you look look at the freedom that he had and the runs he was making so many times, he was actually ending up in the penalty area, mm-hmm. uh, in the box. Uh I, I thought he was terrific. So you know, um, he comes, uh, Kenny comes on for Reed. I would have liked to see not only Kenny come on, I would have liked to see may, maybe, yeah, maybe in the 60th minute, three changes made at that point. It, it seemed like an opportunity to do it. And again, I, I don't, I understand if it's nil nil and you bring Tom Kenny on at that point and you, you know, not over committing uh, because you don't want to lose points at that point. But I, I would have thought at one nil down, and struggling to put in, you know, any really good chances because uh, I, I don't think we really had even a half chance up until 
the point Tom Kearney came on. So you're talking about almost yeah. 25 minutes where Fulham are just coming up against effectively a brick wall. Why wouldn't you make a couple of changes and go, right, this isn't working um, and and bring on some subs? I thought the subs he made were good. I just thought they were too, too late. Too late. Because I, I too- quite liked the idea of Bobby Dover reed not coming off and basically just being shuffled to right back because we know he can do that now um, and being able to bring on take off Tete and bring on an, an attacking player in his place. Um, but, yeah, too late. Sammy, your thoughts on the subs? I really like Son- Solomon. I really I really want him to get some more time. I re- Yeah, Vinicius did actually look really, really lively as well. Like, I really, really, really like the player that he's becoming. I really, like, think that he's actually becoming, like, a pretty good asset. And the more confident he gets, the more his hold-up play, which I really worried about at the start, is actually like coming off quite nicely. Yeah, look, I kind of I kind of get a little bit where Silver is kind of like coming from because like in a game where it's like a lot of pressure from like our side, you don't really want to mess with it too much. But yeah, it's a it's a bit of a flaw of a lot of Premier League managers. I feel like they just wait really, really long to actually make substitutions. Just they're always a bit coy about it. And like I do I do get that from like a bit of a point of view like you don't want to like mess with the ecosystem like too much especially mm. if it's a bit of a i don't really know what this game fully needs and you can but that's the whole point up. that's the whole point that's what they're paid 20 30 40 50 000 pounds a week for yeah but they it, want to it, keep it, that salary yeah but that that's where the genius is the, you know the gold dust comes in because you you have to be able to make those genius moves I I want to talk about the fact that I I don't, I'm I think it's I don't think it's a fitness point. Um, that I don't think the reason Manor Solomon is is not getting time is down to his physical fitness anymore. No, I think it's just that the universe hasn't conspired to create a situation where he can. Um, come on early enough but maybe last night was the op- was the moment because you can tell this guy's got something he's creative mm. he's skillful um like you know that if if he'd pulled that shot off last night um you know the one he was trying to curl curl the ball in mm. and it was more more than just that did you see that little little uh not toe poke but he he lobbed the ball over, yeah, the over to Polina. that was a really clever little just a little really, really he, he's got he's got deft touch he's creative and he's skillful and i think you know it's it's interesting how from parker ball to almost brazilian level uh flair and personality how things have changed and i i, I want more of that you got to remember as well though um because uh you got necessarily as much reason to essentially kick players out of their positions, for lack of a better word. Like it's the exact reason why um, Pereira never really got an opportunity at a Man U because there was always somebody, if not better, but like just a little bit more well thought of, just because they were a little bit more established. So it's always going to be like I have no doubt. I really have no doubt in a year's time, or even maybe even four months' time. Solomon might actually fully have his place in the squad because you can you can really see it. But 
it's really it's really hard, especially at the Premier League level, to like break into any team, let alone ours. You and the only way that you do it is if you essentially but, your other option is just not an option. Hence why like Polina was just straight in. But, but what we're talking about is effective use of substitutes, right? We're talking about not not necessarily changing the starting lineup. I think we'd all agree um that that was probably our strongest starting eleven, right? Yeah. But but we're talking about could could Silver have made a technical change to have a bigger impact on the game? And I feel like bringing on Solomon earlier to not only have an impact on the game, but to give him more time mm. rather than saying to him, show your brilliance, you've got five minutes. I agree. I agree with you. But I think there's a key distinction between like a substitution with Tom Kenny, where you know exactly what that player is and what they're capable of and what they can do versus a completely new player that you've only, what, really seen, like maybe like play four times. Like you just don't have the same level of like trust or compatibility with them, especially well, one, when they haven't played. In the you're play. one nil down to the team above you. You know, I think it's time to, to find out. I'm also going to say Solomon is is far more talented than Deckard over Reed. It, no, I it's, agree. It's just a given. So yeah. if he's fit, for me, he should be playing. Uh, he kept yeah. out. He was starting ahead of the bloke who's just gone to Chelsea for eighty million. Like he was yeah. keeping that guy out of the team. So I, I don't. I don't think it's about trust. I think if you if you're a better player, you're in. Um, but I, I think we'll see that. The good thing is we've got Sunderland on the weekend in the FA Cup. I'm almost certain he's going to get a start in that game. And I think if he performs well, we're going to see him starting in the league against Chelsea. Um, one Hopefully. thing just to finish off on as well that we'll talk about uh, regarding the game, uh, the potential red card for Son uh, happened in the first half. Uh, it got given a straight yellow straight away. There was no hesitation from the ref. Um Let's try and keep it short and not go down the VAR wormhole again. But, Dad, did you think that should have, A, been looked at by VAR and, B, been overturned as a red card? I'm astonished that it wasn't considered by VAR. Mm. Um, every replay, and we know it always looks worse in slow motion, but every replay, you, you only have to look at Son's face. It was it was an overzealous challenge. He... You know, the ref was in a pretty good position. He must have seen exactly where he's landed. I, I, I thought, not not to really go too hard on the ref on this, but, geez, he's lucky. He's so mm. lucky because, you know, nine times out or seven or eight times out of ten in another game, that's a red card. Sammy, your thoughts? I I kind of respectfully disagree. I just purely because I feel that Tede is the one challenging him. Yeah, it's it's dangerous, but I don't think there's that much so, um, Son can actually do in that moment to avoid oh, that he, situation. He, no, he dived in. Yeah, he did dive in. The ball got it's away a, from him, and Tete's quick yeah, to it's the a, ball. It's, it's exactly that situation again. We've seen that so many times where poor first touch of ball gets away from him and they try to recover and dive in. That's exactly what happened again. Um, yeah. But again, the other half of that is I was kind of surprised that Polina didn't get sent off last night. To- totally. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. He, he put in that many fairly reckless challenges, having got an early yellow card. I think you can almost let that one slide because if the referee was being a lot more stern, Polina would have got sent off and Son would have got sent off. And I think mm. it, it kind of left oh, it look, out at that point. Yeah. If, if, and let's say, I'll tell you what, if Polina got sent off at that point, we would have lost 3 0. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. I think Jack actually makes a pretty really good point. Um, and I think that is the thing that's kind of like swaying my opinion of this, just purely because like it felt like the game was judged in a certain light. And it was, and I quite like that. I quite like watching games where it's just kind of like, yeah, go at each other when it gets completely out of hand. Obviously a red, but yeah, I feel <laughs> like like it's so it's a bit it's a bit risky, but for like I feel like the teams that can like do it effectively i i don't know i don't know i'm not fully kind of like sure what i'm articulating right now <laughs> i just thought I, I i just like a more liberal ref sometimes in the right circumstances what pisses me off is when you have a, a ref that's very liberal on one end and then can just make a ridiculous call that that annoys me more i i hate inconsistency more than consistency yeah, I think uh, I, I think Mitro I think Mitro got away with a couple as well last night. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was one challenge we saw when he was sort of on the floor and he kind of went in high. I thought that yeah. would have been ridiculously harsh to give even a yellow card for that because it, it was kind of two players scrapping on the floor together rather than a malicious tackle and he got him on the knee admittedly, but uh, there was nothing in also, that. Also, Robinson really almost got decapitated. Yeah, that was pretty poor. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, a one nil loss against another team in the top six. The one thing to obviously take away from this, we we've had two losses in a row, which is disappointing. But we we've played Newcastle, who sit in third. We've played Spurs, who sit fifth, and we've come away with two well fought one nil losses. Where I don't think in either of those games, either side would have disagreed that we would we were we were worth a point. In both of those games, I think if we'd got a draw against Newcastle and a draw against Tottenham, it would have been fair. Um, I don't think you can you can win points off the back of being fair, but uh, it, it's uh, it sort of speaks to the way we're playing at the moment, and I, I'm pretty happy with the results, even though we're losing a couple of games in a row. We've got Chelsea coming up, which is obviously going to be a tough game, and we've got Sunderland on the weekend, which is an FA Cup game, and I expect we'll see some rotation there. But after that, we've got a really good run of 10 games where we don't really play any of the top sides. So that's where our season's going to be defined for sure, Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how we bounce back from two losses in a row because it hasn't really happened this season. Um, Mm. And then on top of that, it'll be interesting to see uh, as a transfer market uh, transfer window rather closes out in the next seven days or so if if and when Fulham will make moves and who they'll make them for. Uh, I know there's a bit of bit of talk about Tosin potentially leaving to go to possibly France. I've heard Monaco as an option. Um, we're still waiting to find that right back who we've been chasing, Cedric Suarez at Arsenal. Apparently that's getting closer, but I'm sure Tony Khan's getting the deal exactly how he wants it before he closes it out. It'll be really interesting the next week or so to see what happens to this Fulham squad and and how we strengthen. And uh, I don't think realistically we're going to be sending anyone leave, but uh, I think we're going to have a couple of additions and hopefully they're exciting ones for us. So, guys, Mm. just before we finish, I want to try a new little segment. Uh, (sighs) Who would you have? 
And I'm going to ask about Spurs now that we've played them. Sam, out of the Spurs team, who do you have? Uh, Horbio. Yeah. You don't really need to say much. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, that was my one as well. I think especially <laughs> looking at our squad at the moment, someone, a battling central midfielder like Hoybjerg would be perfect. It was annoying actually watching it as well because like I've, there's been very few games where I've seen a very equal um, person to Polina play. Maybe you could argue like Man City uh, with uh, Rodri. But yeah, um, Hoybjerg really is, he really is the real deal. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's a he's a class player. Dan, who'd you have? Yeah, well, I was going to say the same thing. So that's a boring uh, bit of <laughs> Jack, the segment sucks. What a great yeah. segment that was. Everyone yeah. just said, yeah, you, you guys missing <laughs> Harry Kane is about to click well, over 200 uh, Premier League goals and we picked uh, I, mean, uh, I, I I was going to say Kane. What, as a as a backup to to uh, <laughs> and Mitro? Yeah, he'd be happy to play second fiddle. <laughs> you know, what, what, what would be the point of that? Um, I'd take Son. Yeah, okay, I'll change it up. I'll ta- I'd take Son or Kulisevsky. Like, I, they they both seem like very nice boys. <laughs> yeah. Or even Ben Tanker in the midfield as well. Um, I was impressed by Emerson Royal on that left back too. I think I thought yeah. just a funny one on Emerson Royal. I can't remember who the tackle came in from, but I, he, he smacked him so hard it was really quite funny that <laughs> Emerson backed off completely. Didn't want the ball. <laughs> that's that's what you get for going in hard. Yeah, yeah. Jack, you need to work on your segments. You know, like hey, that was a good that. segment. He's up. <laughs> nah, <laughs> be more creative. Um, well, well, challenge to both of you: come up with a segment for the next show. I keep on giving you suggestions, and you don't want to do. Yeah, there's a reason I don't want to do your segments. <laughs> How about throwing that out to uh, to our listeners to give us some suggestions for a, a segment they might like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so look, guys, thank you very much for your time today. And I'd just like to again say thanks to Russ at Cottage Talk for having us on his show. Um, hopefully there's a few people who listen to Cottage Talk and enjoyed listening to us talk about Fulham and will subscribe to the podcast. So make sure you do share all of our podcasts when we release them. Make sure you like us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so you always get alerted when we bring out a new show. And Sammy, thanks for your time today. Thank you. And again, thanks for absolutely everybody who's listening at the moment. I'm amazed that there's so many of you. It's actually hilarious, but I love you all intensely. Reach out to us. It's great. And Elton, thank you as well. <laughs> thank you. And uh, I, I always have to I always have to be come after Sam's uh, comments, which is always quite funny. <laughs> I was just thinking always... that. Maybe I'll I'll switch it around yeah. next time. No, so no, 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 no. I think it's even it's even funnier because it normally just stops me because yeah, I just think enough. I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna even try and best that. Yeah. Um, You're our candy man. You slow it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, until next time, come on, you whites. <laughs>